Yo, 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 what is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, the franchise player, Double B Bad Blood, joining you once again on the Roundtable Pro Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Bodyslam.net, with a special interview. Your man right here to my right. Needs no introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and give him one anyway. The man is known as Notorious ICE, the smoothest voice in all the Ring of Honor, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Caprice Coleman. Welcome to the Roundtable Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, man. As you can see, I'm trying to get in the center of this thing <laughs> oh no you are all good man you're all good all right. so let's let's jump right into it man um you've been around for a long time i mean man i didn't i ain't gonna throw no dates out there but uh I hey remember, you threw it out there i ain't ashamed 1997 happy, 1997 yeah. omega like yeah. uh man look ladies and gentlemen this is the one man i can truly say not like that dude who just got caught at aw the other day this man right here was actually trained by Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, yeah. Been around for a long time, did a lot of stuff with the NWA. Uh, I'm an NWA guy myself, as you can see with the belts behind me. I've earned every last one of them. Um, I, I'm i an NWA guy, 1,010%. And I see that you've been, been through since 1997 all the way up until like, wow, like just a couple days ago, you've been involved in all facets of wrestling. If it wasn't as a wrestler, a commentator, manager, whatever, whatnot, you've pretty much done it all. So let us talk about the beginnings, the humble beginnings of Mr. Caprice Coleman, the notorious ICE. Look at you. Um, tell us tell us about the first days of, of, of Caprice Coleman, man, and uh, Omega when getting yeah. trained by the Hardys. Okay. All right. Um, uh, when I got out of high school, um, I saw a sign like pro wrestling going to be like, I think it was at the armory or something like that. And um, a guy was putting up the posters and I said, Hey, I said, I want to be on the show. <laughs> Just like that. Like, Hey man, I want to be on that show. Yeah. I, I want to wrestle. I mean, I wrestled all the way through high school. I thought it was kind of like a tough man type thing, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, he was like, Oh, you gotta, you got to get trained. I said, I am trained. I wrestled all the way through high school. Like I'm trained. Uh, it was like, no, you gotta get trained how to be a pro wrestler. Uh, and I, now I grew up watching wrestling since I was young, but I just thought uh, I would be able to walk right on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then uh, he told me to meet him there to practice. It was this guy named Commando at the time. He was a wrestling in Commando. Uh, never saw him at practice, but where the practice was um, was was uh, Tracy Tracy's house, which is Trevor Lee's dad. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt and Jeff were there and um, started training. Uh, I couldn't take a bump. It's actually in their book, um, the Hardys uh, book they wrote uh, about how I couldn't take a bump until my dad, like, put some ice chips in my hand or something. <laughs> Is that where the name Notorious Ice came from? Yeah. So I kind of was, I kind of <laughs> was going with ice, but like, that was like, that was it. That was, they was like, this really just happened. Like, but like, I, I promise you I took the bump then. Uh, and then we just, I became their referee. Like I couldn't afford like pro wrestling training and I was very small. And so I said, Hey man, I, I referee for free, man, if y'all train me, you know? And so they taught me how to be a referee and I would go travel with them referee and I referee on the, uh, at that time it was like, NFWA, a new frontier wrestling alliance. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then one day Matt had a dream, came to practice and he was like excited about this dream he had about <laughs> Omega. And like he, it was, it was no, like, it was no question. 
It was this wasn't a meeting. You know what I'm saying? This this was a statement of like things that were changing, things were like that was gonna happen. It was already like all mapped up in his head and whew, took off from there. <laughs> once he once he uh once he had an idea, it was just like all steam all 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 roads led to that idea, apparently. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he knew without a doubt, like that's what he wanted to do. Now you've done a lot of things, man. You've gone from like the NWA, and I know you've done some stints in the WWE. Um, let's talk about the WWE then, as opposed to the WWE now. Okay. I know you did some like Sunday Night Heat stuff, and you did some Velocity stuff, and um, was this all like extra work? Was this all like enhancement work? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I um would be brought in. Uh... If they were in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, um, Georgia, you know, any surrounding areas, I was brought in pretty regularly. And um, it, it was pretty cool, man. I, a lot of times I've been, it got to a point where I was requested to be worked, you know. Um, so I thought that was good. I always thought something was ha- would happen, you know, but like the change ups would happen. And, you know, at that time, there's a feeling where there's only a few, they only need a few of us anyway, yeah. you know. Uh, and so, and so uh, it just never happened, you know. Um, there was a time I was like brought in a room to kind of talk about some stuff and and all um, some ideas pitched my way type thing, but they were all like very stereotypical, you know what I mean? Uh, but then like it's just it was that time, but I think now. When you look at pro wrestling, man, everybody's there. If you're good, you can be there, man. You can make it. You know, it's you just have to work. You know, um, it's a total. It looks like a totally different atmosphere. It's some of everybody diversity. I think diversity yeah. is, the, is the most powerful thing. You know, um, it's a place that you can really look at and be like, if you work hard or whatever, you, you can really do that. You can you can do it. They're not just like, you know fitting roles anymore they're, they're they're trying to bring the best of the best and that's a great feeling to know that and to see that change um because that's a forward change you know what i mean yeah anytime i mean pro, forward progression is always better than digression in my right. opinion you right know, i always tell people you you can't get worse <laughs> you can't get worse but i've seen some people get worse trust me it's been, right it's been crazy um so let's fast forward all the way up into 2021 Ring of Honor, man, the final battle. So I've talked to everyone from Silas Young, LSG, Shane Taylor, like everyone. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked them. What were you feeling walking into that building, knowing that this was the last time you guys were going to do a Ring of Honor show, potentially? Uh, I'm not going to say potentially. I was going to say possibly. Possibly. Um, it was weird um, because we we were doing we've been doing TV tapings in that we, that's the building we would do our empty arena TV tapings at uh, when we when we were in Maryland or whatever and so we were used to the building but it was a different feeling because you know fans were going to be there and that's only happened like on pay, recent pay per views and then leading up to this um, knowing that like you said it could possibly be the last Ring of Honor. Uh, pay-per-view like this um it was emotional i, I believe this 
the TV taping before was the most emotional. Like that had like people breaking down and crying and like really like it was it was very emotional. But I believe we got it all out then. However, final battle was still very emotional. You know, it was just but it was a positive emotion. It was kind of like, you know, everybody just really showing love. Um, people going out their way to extend love and, and talk to people and making sure, you know, they knew how they felt about each other, you know, um, and so much encouragement. And then that 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 feeling that you knew everybody was going to throw it all out there. That's exactly what they did, man. You, you could see in preparation and even talking to people like their mindset is that, you know, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging, swinging mm-hmm. hard, you know. I um, talked to Shane Taylor two days after the ladder match. I just sent him a text and said, you good? (laughs) It was like his his response here. I'll I'll quote it verbatim. I'm a lot better than I thought I was going to (laughs) be. That's all he said. I said, well, I'm glad you're still alive. I'm proud of you. He said, thank you very much, man. It means a lot coming from you. Um, Shane's a good dude. And that moment, what every black wrestler was in that ring and you got in the ring with them and you guys all just man I got I, I got a little I got a little emotional I'm not gonna lie it was a real um it was a real good good feel good moment you know and those and Shane I've known Shane for a long time I know Shane since Texas and that guy has worked so hard to get to where he is and he is a firm believer in in our culture and working hard to build each other up and he's always a, I mean we joke around all the time but he's always been very positive he's a very positive person and from watching that match with him and Kenny King man they beat the crap out of each other and you can see that from that moment it was all like every, everyone was there I mean LSG told me like they were that 10 man tag that he did earlier the pre-show said everyone in that match was like we're going to show up we're going to show out if this is it it's about to be Wrestlemania up in here and I agree. There was, there, every match on that card from top to bottom was great. Yeah. And you I, had I really, a bird's eye view. You were right there. Man, I got the best seat in the house, bro. Like, it, it really feels like like my job is sitting at home watching a big screen TV with my best friend and just talking about it. You yeah. know? And um, I think that's the kind of the chemistry uh, Rick Abani and I have um, up there, man, and to see action that's easy to call. You don't have to search for what's going on. You don't have to make up anything. The emotion is authentic uh, because you're riding the wave, man. And when you love pro wrestling and you know the people that are performing, you know they're giving it their all. Um, it's 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 so it's it's easy to do, man. Not easy like oh my job is easy. It's just. I'm not searching for emotion. I'm not trying to stir up or conjure anything. I'm I'm just reacting to what I see. And I love to be able to see a product done that well um, and, and be made the conscience of that product, you know, to where people hear Rick and Bonnie and I's voice. And we are the conscience that, that tell you this is what's going on. This is what you like. This is this. And it, to me, I feel like as a commentator, um, my job is to tell you what's best. And if you think anything worse, you thought of it on your own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, the conscience is kind of like, you know, you do something and then you 
do what you weren't supposed to do. And you're like, something told me I shouldn't do that. It's that conscience telling exactly. you. Exactly. You know, and uh, I refuse to be a commentator with a bad conscience. I just put it like that. And so to have that seat, man, uh, to be able to elevate the talent and talk about the talent, man, it was, it was a blessing, bro. It was, it was awesome to see everybody put on the line. What, what, what weighed the most is the crowd's emotion. Mm-hmm. Like they, the uncertainty, um, it gave them a, a power to like just just put it all out there. You know that there's some fans that are reserved and just come with their arms crossing and they're like entertain me and I'll unfold these arms. But they were so eager to be entertained and to enjoy every moment and take every moment in. It, it made the work so much more fun uh, and and inviting. I can tell you by watching on Honor Club and, and, and watching you from even when the, the, the NWA all the way up to TNA, you know, e- even now, like just when you and Ian are doing commentary, I can hear the authenticity in you guys' voice. Like you guys are genuinely like excited to yeah. be calling the action. And it's not like I'm not going to bash any companies like that. No, I'm like, not. It's not like the WWE when you got some dude in your ear screaming, say this, say this, say this. And you guys are like, you can tell like this is something that you want to say. You are interested in this. You're not just playing a character. It's like an extension of yourself. You're actually doing it. Yeah. And yeah. that right there to me is the authenticity of it is is like that for me makes it more enjoyable. Cool, man. Yeah. You know, I tell the cool. young guys in the locker room, you know, um, they always say, Man, you've been at this a long time. How do you how are you still excited to go out there? How are you how do you convey it to the crowd and make the crowd eat it up so much and I said I just go out there on myself and people will be able to tell you like and they, they always say well how can you come on you know how did they know to cheer you or boo you and I say you know people will tell you the first 30 seconds out of the curtain they're going to either like you or they're going to hate you and it's the way you present yourself you can't fake any, you can't fake any of that and when you guys are on commentary you guys are so what's what I'm looking for um real you can see the realism like you guys genuinely enjoy sitting next to each other talking about the rest like you said it's like you're sitting on your couch with a big screen tv talking with your best friend yeah i like that yeah it's real man yeah and the coolest thing about it is the tv that we're watching are with people that we genuinely care about and like that that whole engulfment is, is pretty dope you know it's a family atmosphere and um it's it's, it's pretty dope so when you guys run the town hall, because I don't know about the town hall phone call you guys do before every show, um, when you guys found out that you guys weren't like that at the end of the year, Ring of Honor was taking was going on hiatus, it was shutting down. What what was what were your thoughts? Like what were your feelings at that particular moment when you first heard those words? It's just like empty, like dead silence, like what? Like taking it in. Because, you know, if you look hard enough, you can see the writing on the walls uh, because you're just trying to add things up. Like, how is this paying for itself? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, type thing. But then there was security as well, because like we're owned by like a billion dollar corporation, you know. And so you're just thinking like, well, we're good. You're like, we're blessed to be able to do this. And the, the manner they're taking care of us, like the extra protocols they would do with COVID-19 and you know, the extra steps they would do and the way they took care of us, paid us through the pandemic. 
and all you, you just was thinking like it kind of won you over to them it won you over to them it was like bro these they, they put it all out there they they put us first like we're one a number you know we didn't we didn't we weren't looked at as a number and they just pushed us away and continued yeah. you know what i'm saying we were looked at as as people you know and um yeah man they they, they took care of us they told us what was going on told us what to do what to prepare for and it walked out just like that you know the way they said it uh so when this phone call came it was like you couldn't be mad it was just like dang like wow like is is this really happening like you just to really have it happening it's kind of like this is really happening is it you know what i mean and um the way they did it man it was just you know they, they were broken hearted even delivering it but they told us first you know and life is life man entertainment world is entertainment world i believe in the comeback i believe um ring of honor is gonna come back no we just don't know what version but yeah. either way it's still gonna be ring of honor um if i'm able to be a part of it you know i, I definitely uh, do it um they're family to me you've been part of ring of honor for a very long time man so i mean yeah it's not like they're gonna be like oh yeah we're gonna... i mean there have been rumors about Ring of Honor coming back after the um, um, Super Card of Honor mm-hmm. um, and coming back as a super indie. Like, no one's under contract, just going to be indie shows. Um, but, like, like I had Josh Woods, he said he's still defending the ROH uh, pure title, and Aggression is defending the world title, and the Briscoes are probably going to show up in AEW defend the, you know, the Ring of Honor tag team titles. So championships, you know, are still around. Rhett Titus, the television champion. Roxy's defending the, the women's championship over Impact or NWA, either or. So with the championship still in play, I would, I mean, to me, I would assume that the company is is just going to come back, and you know, Sinclair Sinclair is a multi billion dollar company. Yeah. So with a company like that, there's no way that I think that they're going to be gone for good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I hope that they're not going to be gone for good because like, I have a lot of friends that work for Ring of Honor, and I will sure hate for those guys not to be able to provide for their families after the situation, you know? Yeah. Uh, plus, guys that have dedicated their lives to ROH, like the Briscoes. Those guys have been there since day one. Yeah, literally. Literally, yeah. Like, they First walked show. out the door, like, here we go, yeah. you know? Um, Homicide told me some stories about how they came over. Um, Carrie, Carrie basically told me that... Um, he knew that he couldn't keep keep the company running, and he when he sold the company, they kept him on board because he was such a key key piece of the business. Yeah, and um, heart and soul, man. Yeah, look at all the look at all the stars that came out of Ring of Honor. I mean, if I were to ask you right now for you to give me your Mount Rushmore of ROH, who would that be? Wow. Wow. Um, CM Punk. Samoa Joe, Briscoe Brothers, AJ Styles. That's already an impressive group right there. Yeah. Um, Nigel McGuinness. Um, Roger Strong. Man. 
in all the names you just mentioned right now, all those guys have either become world champions, legends. You know, like Brian Danielson came from there. He was like one of the very first pure wrestling champions. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Danielson. Did I not mention him? Uh, Adam Cole, yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hangman, Adam Page. All of these people, they've all made their they've all made their mark in Ring of Honor. I've known the Bucks for a very long time. And I remember when the Bucks were backyarders. We're talking about high risk wrestling days back up in Reno Valley. Um, and then they were, they were like, "Hey, you know, they left PWG. Like, we can sign a Ring of Honor." You know, I was like, "Like to me, that was like, whoa, that's like being signed to the NWA back in the day." You know, for me, it's like, "Yeah, man, we're going. To, we're working for Ring of Honor." And they skyrocketed New Japan, and now Ring of Honor's helped them out with you know the very first All In show and. Just such like Ring of Honor has always been um the vine. Or should I say the stock of the tree, the, the the trunk of the tree for every major organization. I mean, think about it. The NWA World Championship was defended at Ring of Honor. Then you got all these guys that became someone because of Ring of Honor. Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, Homicide. The Briscoes, Tyler Adam Black. Cole, you know, all, yeah, all these guys, man, like, just, like, CM Punk is like a, like, the biggest star right now in wrestling. The man left for seven years, and the one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and I picked it up on an interview, I picked up on an interview, and I picked up on his very first promo in AEW. He said, when I left Ring of Honor, I left wrestling. Like that tells you something right there. And the guy spent like 10 years in WWE. So when he left Ring of Honor is when he stopped being a wrestler and became a sports entertainer. Yeah. Facts, man. You know, Josh Josh Woods talked to me earlier today. He says, Man, um, Ring of Honor is the one place he went that made him feel like a wrestler. Yeah. You know, um so many people from Brian Malonis to to Brian Malonis said Ring of Honor gave him his first big break. Um you know, Adam Page said that Ring of Honor allowed, allowed him to stop being a teacher and to be a professional wrestler. You know, so think about it. You've had a part. You've been a part of this whole, like, like cavalcade of superstars. Like, you've called all their matches. You've been involved with them. How does that make you feel knowing that you played such an integral part in building and molding some of these superstars? Um, success, man. It's a, it's a legacy. Um it's an empowerment, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm building this thing called uh, We Prosper. And basically, uh, the mode behind that is I feel that if I encourage people, if I'm part of their life, you know, if I'm in any way assisting them, I'm part of their life, I'm supporting them. When they do good, I do good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying their success just as much as they are. You know what I mean? Um, because I believe in you, because I'm supporting you, because when you make it, we win. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not that I'm getting anything. It's just that um, I feel that way about people. You know, so so when you see um, people that you know or you've touched or you've had an encounter with or that you have a relationship with, do something positive. You're like, man, we did that. Like, I'm enjoying that with you. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's it's, it's it happens so much that 
it makes you feel like a winner. I mean, birds of a feather flock together, right? True statement. You know, so 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 when you're able to enjoy these victories, um, it, it, it's a blessing to be able to see it, and, and it's an empowerment. It's an empowerment because you're like, man, I was I was part of something great, um, something phenomenal. I'm a part of something phenomenal, and um, I'm in a part. Of, I made history. You know, um, people work their whole lives to try to figure out what their dream is or, or follow their dream. But like I was able to live out my dream and it played out better than I planned it to. You know, I'm a firm believer in that. And I'll tell you, I um, <clears throat> I was always the small kid. And someone once told me, you'll never make it as a pro wrestler. I said, OK, you watch. I became the longest reigning NWA Pacific Northwest champion in history. I mean, Roddy Piper, Ric Flair, Kurt Henning, Brian Adams, Crush, The Grappler, you know, all these guys held that title. I held it longer than all of them because someone told me I couldn't. The Continental Heavyweight Championship, Jeff Jarrett, you know, Jerry the King Lawler, all those guys held that belt. Someone said I couldn't do it. I did it longer than them, too. You know, five-time NWA Heritage Champion because they said I couldn't do it. And the one person told me, you will never in your life be able to wrestle for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I wrestled Tim Storm for 33 and a half minutes in Portland, Oregon, in front of my family, my friends, and everyone I know for the NWA World Championship. and became within one second of winning the world title. Even in failure... That was probably one of the biggest moments other than my children being born, the biggest moments in my life. And because of that empowerment, like you said there, I, I look at it like this. Even though I didn't win, I congratulated Tim and I respect him more than he'll ever know. For the simple fact that him, James Beard, and at the time, Billy Corgan gave me an opportunity that I would never have ever gotten anywhere else. And I pride myself on the simple fact that um, I believed in myself. And um, when you believe in yourself, man, there's nothing you can't do. Like, there's nothing you can't do. And like you're saying, that's empowerment right there. Yeah. So that that's a valuable lesson I learned. And to see, see you living that same lifestyle, man, we're all at the same table. And you make sure when you're at the same table with someone, everybody eats. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 um, it's 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 great to have that mindset, but to see it working and to see like the victory in it, and to be able to enjoy it, man, and to know that like it doesn't have to be that way. This isn't something that you know you deserve. It's it's something you've been allowed, you know. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's 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 cool, man. Uh, I always tell people that uh, I name my daughter Grace, and people ask me why I did that. I said because when she saved me. Um, because in the Bible it says grace is something you can't earn. It's, it's it's something you can't buy, you can't borrow, you can't steal it. It's something unmerited favor. Exactly. He he gives you that unmerited favor, and right then and there, that's it. That is it right there. That's what this whole this whole business. You know, you you get in. They they say you get in what you put. You you get out what you put in. Well, I've watched your career over the years. I've watched guys like Shane Taylor and I've watched guys like guys that he brought into Shane Taylor promotion, those, those young guys that he helped build up. And it's funny. He said this on my podcast. He said, um, I'm not the leader. 
I'm a teammate because there's something that I do that they can't do. And there's things that they do that I can't do. So I wake up every morning like, wow, why, how am I still here? You know, what, what can I do to serve them? Um, Bruto Bob Evans, is another guy. Um, he has this whole life, this whole model of what can I do for you? So I've adopted the, how can I help you to help me to help you mentality? And that's why I started this podcast. I want to make sure I can help others get bookings, get notoriety, get seen, um, be able to share their stories in a positive outlet. So that's why I wanted to make sure you were on the show today. Cause I want to make sure you had an opportunity to tell all the people here um, that are watching us live, the ones that listen to us on Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, on Google, on you know um, Apple Apple Podcasts, like all their other great places, you know Spotify and all the great places that they can listen to us, and all the major outlets like Bioslam.net. Um, you get an opportunity to let people know what you are all about and how you can help them. So I'm gonna give you what I like to call. Um, how can I explain to you a final thought so what are your final thoughts on Ring of Honor and where things can go in the future and where the future holds for Caprice Coleman oh wow um, final thoughts for Ring of Honor is that I'm hopeful uh, in a return and when I say hopeful I'm hopefully and, and I'm not saying hopefully in the same manner I would use maybe uh, when I hope, I hope fully, which means I fully expect something great to happen. And I'm fully expecting something great to happen with Ring of Honor. Um, but if it doesn't happen, I'm also prepared for that as well. Um, I'm thankful for Ring of Honor. Uh, I, I love them. Um, they've always been honest with me. And um, I appreciate that. So they will always uh, get my first dips, you know. Uh and then as far as uh, the future is Caprice Coleman, um, I want to be part of the sport, man. I, I can do it all. I think I am the most versatile man in this sport today. Uh, I can manage. I can host. I can wrestle. I can produce. I can create. Um, I can train. So book Caprice Coleman. You know, I, I want to land somewhere where I can use all of my talents. You know, um, I've been blessed to be in position in this sport for over 25 years to where I had a chance to learn uh, on TV. I've had a chance to learn, you know, on the fly and and, and hone your craft uh, in front of thousands of people, man. And, and it's something that I love and um, I have a passion for, you know. And so if I was going to leave a word for the people, it would be um, it would be follow your dreams. And, and follow them all the way through, you know, see them through. Because a lot of times, like your dream, my dream wasn't to be a great commentator. My dream, my dream was to be a great wrestler. And one day, right into WrestleMania, and I really wanted to win an Intercontinental title. You know what I'm saying? Uh, was my thing. But it played out to where I had a great wrestling career, and it transitioned to where I was able to be a broadcaster as well. Um, color commentator like the same people like Gorilla Monsoon and and guys like this uh, Jerry the King Lawler um, Bobby Heening guys that would never be forgot because of that role um, that may have been forgotten if it was just their their ring life you know um, so I, 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 I uber appreciate uh, the opportunity that, that and you really only get that through 
walking out your dream, walking out to the best of your ability, because even if you don't hit it, you'll hit something that will catapult you into the right place. I believe your dream is 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 a seed planted um, to, to point you in the right direction to your destiny. Your dream may not be your destiny, but the, but the, but the seed inside of that dream will give you what you need to be in the right place. So when destiny happens, you get what I'm saying? So, so that dream is a map to your destiny, but a lot of people think that destiny is that dream that that was just the seed to plant you there. You get what I'm saying? And once you plant it there, if you follow that out, then the rest of life can happen, you know, but you're not even planting your own seed. Y'all be, y'all gonna be be some seed planters out there. You know, you gotta plant that seed. Yeah, that's you gotta a good follow that dream, too. bro. I huh? thought about it. I uh, started out started out in professional wrestling, like in 1994. Right, I right. I was still in high school when I decided I wanted to be a wrestler. Here it is, 29 years later, and I'm still. How old are you, man? I'm 47. Okay, I'm 44. Yeah, see, we've been around. We've been around. Yeah, that's time. what I'm like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, holy, yeah. And um, I, I, I wake up every day and I think to myself, man. Like, like, I was in a locker room one night, and uh, Pitbull Gary Wolf walks in, and yeah, you know the, the the young guys in the locker room, they're like, "Oh, it's Gary Wolf from ECW." Blah blah blah. Gary comes over to me, and goes, "Man, Major, you look really good, man. I remember back when you were like a hundred and five pounds, soaking wet, kid. Remember what? Blah blah blah. Remember that one time you worked that one show? And Todd gave you a Rolex. Um, Todd Gordon gave me a Rolex as a pay, as a PL." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm like six, 16 years old with a Rolex from a jewelry store. Like, wow. And he told that story. And you know, you, when you've been in the business for a long time, you forget, like, like you forget the crazy stuff from years, 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 and years ago. But he said something to me and it was like, wow, I remember that. And the, this kid came up to me and goes, man, that's crazy. You've been around a long time. And I said, yeah, I goes, I said, he said, how old are you? I said, I'm 47. He goes, man, I'm 19. And I looked down at my feet. He goes, well, what's wrong? I said, these boots I'm wearing are older than you. Mm. <laughs> That's when I knew I was old. I was like, yeah, it's time to stop. I got to get out of this. So that was my that, that was my dream. But I think my destination is what I'm doing right here, right now. Because I started doing this podcast thing uh, a little over two years ago. And I don't have to be in the ring. I mean, I'm still, I'm still doing the ring in the ring. So I'm still doing, I still have obligations up until June of 2022, but this podcast has given me a platform and you know, it's, it's grown like so much. Like I started a podcast on YouTube and now all of a sudden it's like, I'm on 15 YouTube channels. I'm on Twitter and Twitch and I'm on like major podcast platforms. And now I'm on like audio platforms. And it's like, I looked at the analytics one day and I'm like, someone's watching us in Bangladesh. Like they have TVs in Bangladesh. What? You know, this is the destination. And uh, I think if you, you just made me realize that. So thank you very much for making, helping me realize that. Like yeah, you have no idea what your words, how impactful they were right now. Cool, man. Cool. Cool. Well, let the people um, know where they can find you on social media, um, yeah. where you're going to be at next and uh, how they can get a hold of you. All right. Find me on social media uh, at Caprice Coleman um, on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, I have a Facebook fan page as well. Um, read my dose of Coleman. It was like 
uh, at a dose of Colmanism. You can type that in. They also come out on Thursdays. Um, just kind of like inside my head a little bit because the article I write every week. Um, what's next? Next, Caprice Coleman. Uh, I'm working in the Indies, man. I got a show Sunday, XWW. I think it's, it's somewhere in North Carolina, uh, <laughs> near the Fayetteville area, near, near, near the Charlotte area. Uh, and then, like, I'm, I'm heavy with AMLs, America's Most Like Wrestling. I'm their, I'm their champion, and um, they run shows once a month. Uh, our next show will be, I think, January 22nd or 30th. Um, but we're doing, like, war games with a Z. Yeah, man. <laughs> Co- uh, K- a cage, double cage match and all. Uh, that's going to be exciting. Um, is that, is that the Red right. Dog Center? Yeah. Oh, you looked it up? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know. I know. I know a little bit about AML. I know okay. a little bit about that. Yeah. I think, uh, I got, no, I think I this is at a high school. This is at a high school. Oh, I, was, I got people that work there. I know a little bit about yeah. AML. I ain't new to North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> We uh, if we finished Wrestle Cave, man, that was super dope. Uh, probably the biggest show, like in North Carolina, the biggest wrestling event in North yeah. Carolina. Uh, thing to that, and um, just to stay in wrestling, man. Christian Wrestling Federation in, in uh, in, in Fate, Texas. I'm, I'm cool. with them a lot. Uh, I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, I'm not afraid to go anywhere, you know. Um, I just it's gonna work, man. It's gonna work. Well, hey, if you book a wrestling show out, ladies and gentlemen, you know where to reach this man right here. And I'll tell you, if you don't know, you need to figure it out. This man is an ROH legend right here, Mr. Caprice Coleman. Thank you very much for joining us, man. Uh, this is exciting installment of the Roundtable Pros and Podcast. And uh it's been an honor and a privilege. Uh no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, man. It's cool, man. It's cool. I enjoyed it. All right, man. Hey, well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. And uh, you can find us at Bodyslam.net. That is www.bodyslam.net for all your wrestling needs and all that cool stuff. Uh, For your boy, Caprice Coleman, this has been The Franchise. Thank you very much for joining us.